0: BLOB TALK RADIO Good morning everybody and welcome back to another episode of Bucko Booth. My name is Benson Fexton and I'll be the host of your show today. It is finally Pirates game day. The off season is over, the wait is over, and there will be baseball played today at 1.05pm as the Pirates head to Clearwater to take on the Philadelphia Phillies. Stephen Brault will be on the mound, and baseball is back, everybody. If we get a lineup, uh, I will provide that to you. But, I mean, it's an exciting time. By the next episode, we'll be doing our, you know, player of the week, pitcher of the week, and all that. So, uh, yeah, Pirates baseball is back in action, and it's one of the more exciting days of the year besides opening day, you know, the grapefruit opener, you can see the boys back in action, and uh, I am beyond excited to watch I mean, if you have the MLB at that premium app, go on, it's on NBC Sports Network in Philly. If not, though, I believe it's on 93.7 The Fan this afternoon, if I can confirm that for you guys. Yes, uh, no, it'll be, I believe, on 1020 KDKA, so listen at 1.05 p.m. All right, I want to talk about the rotation. Cal Ahern responded to a tweet from MLB asking if the Pirates had the best rotation in the NL Central with an emphatic no, adding that they actually have the worst rotation in the division. I'm here to say Ahern is flat wrong, for one. We can pick the Cincinnati Reds out immediately as a rotation and that the Pirates are clearly better than. I'm a big fan of what the Reds have done overall, but Alex Wood, Sonny Gray, Tanner Roark, Luis Castillo, and either Tyler Maley or, or Anthony Desclafani don't measure up to what the Pirates have with Jameson Tyone, Trevor Williams, Joe Musgrove, and Chris Archer. The Reds made it a point to improve on a pitching staff That had an ERA of over five last year. And while Wood is a solid addition coming off a nine and seven season with a 3.68 ERA, Gray and Realark are much larger question marks. Gray performed well away from Yankee Stadium last year, but expecting them to find consistent success in a bandbox like Great American Ballpark is a tall task, even as he reunites with his former pitching coach at Vanderbilt. Roark doesn't need explanation. He hasn't been good in two years, and there's little reason to believe he'll be anything more than a mediocre innings eater. Castillo is the most talented pitcher of the bunch, but it'll depend on which version of him we'll see as he tries to duplicate his second half success from last year. The Brewers and Cubs have high-octane offenses, but their pitching stash lag behind the Pirates group. Milwaukee will be getting Jimmy Nelson back from the major shoulder surgery, as well as Zach Davies from an injury-riddled 2018 season. Plus, youngster Freddy Peralta could make a leap forward after showing flashes of brilliance last year, but it's hardly an inspiring group overall, with Jaleesh Chastain currently penciled in as the ace. The Cubs boast a bevy of household names, and John Lester, Kyle Hendricks, Hugh Darvish – Cole Hamels and Jose Quintana. However, Quintana has struggled since joining the Cubs in 2017, and Darvish carried an ERA of nearly five last year before suffering a season-ending arm injury. The Cardinals have a budding ace in Jack Flaherty and one of the last year's biggest breakouts in Miles Michaelis, but beyond that, things could get dicey. Jennifer Langosh of MLB.com uh, reported Tuesday that Carlos Martinez won't throw for two weeks as he's lacking strength in his injured shoulder. Alex Reyes is clearly talented, but has missed basically all of the past two seasons with major arm injuries. And Michael Walker is a solid innings eater who also deals with durability concerns as he hasn't thrown more than 180 innings since 2015. Is any of that enough to say be definitively better than the Pirates' top four starting pitchers? I don't think so. Tyne is coming off a fantastic season where he won 14 games, carried an ERA of 3.20, and looks like he could be a workhorse. Williams was abysmal in May and June, but was absolutely dominant in April, July, August, and September on his way to a team-best 3.11 ERA. Musgrove, while not having a dominant season statistically, is still warming to the role of full-time starter after making a career high 19 starts last season, and showcases potential with a 1.18 whip. Archer didn't have the second half Pirates fans were hoping for last season, after the team sent Tyler Glass now, Austin Meadows, and Shane Boss to Tampa Bay to acquire the former ace, but it's impossible not to like him when you consider he's slotted into a good rotation and doesn't have to carry water for everyone else. How Archer settles in after a full offseason with his new team will determine. Whether this Pirates rotation is good or among the league's elite, the Pirates' fifth spot in the rotation will likely come down to some combinations of Jordan Lyles, Nick Kingham, and Stephen Brault. While none of those names inspire much confidence, it's important to keep in mind that, much like the Cardinals with tighter prospect Alex Reyes healthy and waiting in the wings, the Pirates have Mitch Keller, who is likely to make his debut sometime early this summer. Keller's, NLB.com's 19th overall prospect. He did struggle in AAA last season, but dominated the minor league ranks up to that point. This year, he'll get a chance to see big league competition in spring training for the first time, something we'll all have a close eye on. At the end of the day, calling the Pirates rotation the worst in the NL Central is a far hotter take than saying they could possibly be the best. Pittsburgh starts were fourth in the NL Central in the ERA last season, and there's no reason to think they can't improve on that with better efforts from Archer and Musgrove this season. The Pirates have, may have holes offensively, but the pitching rotation is undoubtedly a strength. If I were betting on it, I'd take the Pirates' staff over the NL Central field this season. My goodness, what in the world was Fox 43's Cal Ahern thinking? saying that the Pirates not only don't have the best rotation in the Central, but they definitively have the worst. That That is maybe one of the worst takes I've heard in a long, long time. Tyron and Williams, 14 wins apiece, both top 10 in the ERA, and both really turned it on down the second half. If they, if they would have been the pitchers they were in the second half, I mean, <laughs> then they are a Cy Young candidate. And you know, I, I'm going to go out on a limb, and I'm going to make a bold prediction here. One of the Pirates' pitching arms will be receiving Cy Young votes this year. One of Tyian, Williams, Musgrove, and Archer will be receiving Cy Young votes this year. And the, the, the big question mark and the big X-factor of this rotation, I believe, is Chris Archer. Because you have Tyian and Williams elite guys, top 10 guys in the whole league. And if Archer can join them, then this rotation goes from good to among the league's elite. This rotation goes from good to, you know, Red Sox good, to you know, Dodgers a pass good, to Cubs a pass good. This rotation, if you allow them to enter the playoffs, can steamroll everybody. And if Archer can be that, you know, dominant three, and the Pirates can get into a playoff series. You can go Ty and Williams Archer and take those three any day of the week. If you get deeper in the series, you go Musgrove. Those three, and even you can throw Musgrove into the that mix, are one of the best four guys in uh you know in the in the league. And uh, just as a note, um, pitching today for the Pirates will be Stephen Brault, Clay Holmes. Michael Feliz, Brandon Maurer, Aaron Sleggers, and Jeff Hartlieb. So, Brought Holmes, Feliz, Maurer, Sleggers, Hartlieb will be uh, the pitchers this afternoon in Clearwater. Getting back to the rotation. It, it's going to be the best in the Central. And as I said, I would take the Pirates over the field in the Central. You, you look at the Reds. They, you know, I like. Alex Wood, I like Luis Castillo, but Castillo is still a question mark. Brewers just hasn't been good, and Gray is going into another hitter from the ballpark in Grand American. The Brewers, they are getting Jimmy Nelson back. Freddy Peralta could take a step forward, but Jaleesh Chasin as the ace doesn't inspire much confidence in me. The Cubs have a bunch of household names, the likes of Lester, Hendricks, Hamels, Quintana, Darvish, but they're all really washed up at this point, and they're not going to be any good. Uh, the, the Cardinals, they have Flaherty and Michaelis, both really good young pitchers. But then, really, nothing after that. You know, Carlos Martinez, he's not going to be pitching for two weeks. Pirates rotation will be the best, and then Al Central, mark my words, February 23rd, 2019. All right, I want to talk a little bit about, more about the rotation and well, some possible excitement. Two star pitchers recently signed team friendly extensions. So should the Pirates start considering similar deals with two of their star pitchers? Aaron Nola, the Philadelphia Phillies, and Luis Severino, the New York Yankees, each signed team-friendly extensions before hitting arbitration in the last week or so. Nola signed a four-year $45 million extension on February 13th, with an option for 2023 at $16 million. It also includes $2 million worth of signing bonuses that are spread out over the four years. There's also a $4.25 million buyout for 2023. Here's how Noah deal looks over the four years. 2019, $4.5 million. 2020, $8 million. 2021, $11.75 million. And 2022, $15 million. Noah is being awarded after a 2018 season where he was an all-star, finished third in the Cy Young voting, and finished 13th in MVP voting. He started in 33 games, finished 17-6 with a 2.37 ERA, 224 strikeouts, a 0.97 WHIP, and a 10.5 WAR. He finished in the top 5 in all those categories, and was the only pitcher in the NL with a WAR that was more than 10. Prior to 2018, Noah had two seasons as a full-time starter. In 2016, he started 20 games, won 6-9 with a 4.78 ERA and a WAR of 0. 2017 season saw him double the number of wins, 12, have a lower ERA of 3.54, and 27 starts with a war of 4.3. The Phillies are hoping that 2018 was a start for Nola as a premier pitcher, and they signed him up before he would hit arbitration this season. The MLB trader is projecting to get $6.6 million in his first year, but for Nola, even though he's taking less money now, he knows that he could be be overly compensated in the years to come and be on a championship-caliber team. The same plan the Phillies used on NOLA was what the Yankees did with Severino. Two days after NOLA signed his deal, Severino inked a $40 or $40 million deal to stay in New York. His deal also included $2 million worth of signing bonuses. Severino is less of a buyout in the fifth year than NOLA as he would only get $2.75 million if his option year isn't picked up. If the option is picked up, he would be paid $15 million in 2023. Severino's deal looks like this over the four years 2019 4 million dollars 2020 10 million dollars 2021 10.25 million dollars and 2022 11 million dollars Severino actually has a longer track record of success than Noah did before signing his deal he's been named an all-star in each of the last two seasons the Yankees ace finished third in Cy Young in 2017 and ninth in the Cy Young voting in 2018 since becoming a full time starter two years ago, he's had double digit wins each season, with fourteen in two thousand seventeen and nineteen in two thousand eighteen. Has had more than two hundred strikeouts each of those two seasons, along with a one point zero four whip in twenty seventeen and a one point one four five whip in two thousand eighteen. Finally, he had a five point three war in two thousand seventeen and four point eight war in two thousand eighteen. Severino is projected for five point one million dollars this season. But again, took the long term security of a multi year deal to make sure his money is guaranteed during that time. Both Noah and Severino took a hit this year, but they locked themselves into the big paydays in the future without missing a ton of free agent years ahead of them. Plus, in a free agent market that, except for Patrick Corbin, hasn't really paid top dollar to free agent pitchers, signing these extensions could be a way to around the lack of free agent money. This model is something the pirates should look into when exploring deals for two of their star pitchers. Jameson, Tyne, and Trevor Williams are two guys. The Pirates should invest in long term to help secure this window that they are in. Ty is coming off his best season in 2018. He started 32 games, had a had the lowest ERA of his career at 3.2, the most strikeouts with 179, and a 1.178 whip and a ward of 4.7. He did all of that and won 14 games. His numbers compare well to what Severino did with the Yankees in 2018 and what Noah did the year prior in 2017. As for Williams, his post-All-Star break performance is what stands out. He won 7-3 with a 1.38 ERA with 55 strikeouts while holding hitters to a .217 batting average with only 11 runs given up and 12 starts. Now, One big difference between these two and the two situations mentioned before is the timing. The Pirates' pitchers are in the last year before they hit arbitration, while those two were in the first year of it. The one-year difference may be a sticking point for both players and the Pirates' front office. The players may not want to sign long-term contracts, knowing that the collective bargaining agreement, which is up in December 2021, which would be the offseason before Tyne and Williams would be in the last year of arbitration could make things better for free agents, and they may not want to give up the big money they could earn if the CBA looks better. The counterpoint to that argument is the same reason NOLA and Severino signed their deals, which is you don't know what the landscape is going to be like then, and locking in your money now, where you are one pitch away from a major injury and lose all of that projected money is a risk. As for the front office, they may see this as something they can do a year from now, get solid seasons from both of them, at a reduced price, both are making $575,000 this season, and if they look like something to invest in, they make them similar offers in February 2020. Signing both of these guys' long-term deals would also be some good public relations for this front office with the reputation of being a cheap team. If the buyers did do this, it would show the fans that this window that they are in is something that they believe in and is worth in investing money into it. The Phillies and Yankees have given the model to the Pirates and the rest of Major League Baseball. It could be time to see if the Pirates are willing to put the money out there for two guys that could be keys to them making the playoffs again. It's undoubted that Jameson and Tyler and Trevor Williams will be big parts of the rotation when this team makes the playoffs again. As I said, the Pirates really have a window between now and 2023 to win a World Series. I've said this before, and I'm going to continue to say this. As the Pirates want to extend that window and maximize that window, they have to extend the likes of Jameson Tyne and Trevor Williams. And I'm not too worried that they're not doing it this offseason because it's still a season too early. If you look at the Pirates' front office, and you, they're weighing the risk, right? This is Jameson Tyne's best season, but really his only complete year, Trevor Williams' best season, only his only complete year. You give them one more year and they repeat what they did in 2000. Then you sign them to extensions, such as the Yankees and Phillies did to Severino and Noah. You sign them up to long term deals. Take one, two years out of their free agent time, and you show to the fan base that, hey, we're in this for the long haul. We're going to win a World Series. And the Phillies and the Yankees have given the model to the Pirates and the rest of Major League Baseball on how to do this. And, again, I'm not worried that it's not being done this year because it's still a year too early. It's a year earlier than Noel and Severino signed their extensions. You give them this year, February 2020 rolls wrong, and you sign them to extensions. It would be a great move for the fan base because those two are obviously our guys at the top of the rotation and we're in a window right now where we have the opportunity to win a World Series. For the first time since 2015, I can confidently say, going into 2019, uh, this, is, this can be a year where the Pirates can realistically win the World Series. That's not being naive. That's not being you know, biased. That's just looking at the pitching rotation that they have. If Archer can be the guy that we know he can be, This window of opportunity is open between now, 2019, 2020, 2021, 2022, and 2023. Five years to go. We have five years to get this done. We could extend that window with signing them, maybe 2024, 2025. Pittsburgh is starving for a championship baseball team. It's been 40 years since the last time brought home the World Series to Pittsburgh, to the greatest city on earth. It's time as the Pirates win a World Series and bring that back to Pittsburgh. It's been too damn long without a championship baseball team in this city. The city is starving for a championship. And Tyone and Williams will be big parts of a championship-caliber team. This is their championship caliber pitching staff. There's no doubt in that. The offense is a question mark. But, Huntington, I'm okay if you don't sign tiny winners to long-term extensions now. But 2020, you better get on that and sign my boys up. All right, I want to talk about a dream I had the other night. Okay? So, this is a dream, okay? Keep all this in mind. It's October 22nd, 2019. The Pirates trailed the defending National League champion Los Angeles Dodgers 3-2 in the bottom of the ninth in Game 5 of the National League Division Series. 2-1. two outs with Kenley Jansen to shut the door and send the Dodgers back to the Championship Series. Into the box has Pirates right fielder and MVP favorite Bryce Harper. PNC Park erupts as fans can taste their first trip back to the NLCS since 1992. The will wind up in the pitch. Ball four. Harper's inevitably walked to get to Colin Moran, who weekly grounds out to first to end the game and the season. Wasn't that fun while it lasted? As much as Yenny would sting, I'd bet Pirates fans would accept that particular outcome 100 out of 100. Times. The aforementioned scenario also evokes the same type of emotion fans are accustomed to around the Steel City during the winter months. We're all waiting on the edge of our seats for something big to happen just to ultimately be let down year after year. So why haven't the Pirates ever attempted to lure the biggest fish on the market? And why are we even considering taking the Lavar Ball approach and speaking it into existence? If there were ever a time for a middling franchise to kickstart a fan base, it would be now. Bryce Harper will play the entire 2019 season as a 26-year-old with 184 home runs already under his belt. With his iconic beard and luscious mane, Harper is already arguably the most recognizable and marketable player the sport has to offer. But for some peculiar reason, he is still a free agent. Maybe not that strange when you considers asking price was north of $400 million prior to hitting the open market. It is likely that the price has come down after large market teams like the Boston Red Sox, New York Yankees, and Dodgers have focused their attention elsewhere. Those aforementioned empires are more inclined now to operate a three- to five-year deal with a higher average annual value to our outfitter. So maybe the Pirates should step in and offer the lucrative long-term deal that he is pushing for. Keep in mind that we are still in an alternate reality. Here are some reasons why. They are a team on the cusp. On paper, the Pirates made the best rotation in the National League Central. Throwing out Jameson Taillon, Chris Archer, and Trevor Williams or Joe Musgrove in a 3-game series is a daunting task for any foe. Fangraphs projects the Pirates to 82 wins in 2019. Right in the mix for the all too familiar wildcard spot. But why limit yourself to infinite purgatory? Shining Harper immediately sends a message to the entire league that they're not the same pirates. They are in need of star power. Lots of emphasis on the word star here. The Pirates' most marketable player, position player is currently Starling Martin, a tremendous 5-tool player but someone who hasn't necessarily taken off the same way Andrew McCutcheon did when he was here in terms of fandom. Harper would change that in one fell swoop. I sound like a broken record, but once again, as ticket sales and winning increases, so will revenue and ultimately payroll. An acquisition like Harper can often pay for itself. They can afford it. Yes, hear me out. Forbes estimates the pie bringing roughly $258 million in annual revenues from a multitude of sources. Their current deal with AT&T Sports is pegged right around $25 million and is set to expire this year. You can anticipate that the deal being re- reconfigured to the tune of somewhere between $40 million and $50 million. And they currently sit with a bottom five projected payroll in all baseball, somewhere currently right around $80 million. A $30 million annual salary to Harper is in the realm of possibility, no matter how many times you or I will be told otherwise. With the recent acquisition of Melky Cabrera, a likely fourth outfitter until Gregory Polanco is healthy, the pirates have probably taken themselves out of not only the Harper market as if they were ever in it, but any major free agent bidding war that is still out there. The question of if you sign Harper what would you do with an already stable and impressive outfield of Corey Dickerson, Starling Martin, Gregory Polanco, and Healthy will, of course, need to be addressed? The answer to that is simple. If you have a shot at Bryce Harper, you figure it out. I can visualize it all. Well, almost all of it. Harper and his majestic beard waving on black and gold flags, but a buzzing PNC Park. As a rationalist, certainly this type of move won't be coming to fruition anytime soon. But if only for a short moment, wasn't it fun to dream? And that's what Pirates fans sadly are left to do all too much. They're left to dream a dream such as I dreamed. Oh, baby, we have a lineup. The Pirates have a lineup just released. Batting first in playing center field, Pablo Reyes. Batting second in playing shortstop, Kevin Newman. Batting third and DH him. Melky Cabrera, batting fourth and playing right field, Patrick Kivlaham, Colin Moran, batting sixth and playing first base, Jose Osuna, batting seventh and playing second base, Kevin Kramer, batting eighth and playing left field, J.B. Shuck, and batting ninth and catching Jacob Stallings, and your starting pitcher for the Bives today, is Stephen Bro. The first lineup of the new season is here. Hallelujah. Pirates baseball is back everybody and uh hopefully if my, my little dream will come to fruition, you can just pencil on Bryce Harper there. And uh we'll we'll be all good. All jokes aside, uh, I'm so happy that the pirate season is is back. We have a lineup and you know, the little dream that I had. It, it's a nice dream to have and it's really what pirate fans are left doing too much. They're left dreaming. And I explained to you the reasons why the Pirates should be in on Bryce Harper. They're a team on the cusp. They need star power. They, they need it and they can afford it. Even if, I mean, no matter how many times you hear that fool Bob Nutting tell you, we can't afford Bryce Harper. We can't afford big market free agents. We just can't afford it. Yes, we can. So much money on a yearly basis, and it's ridiculous that they keep feeding us a lie that they don't have money. This team brings around $258 million annually, plus a $25 million deal with AT&T Sportsnet. It will end at the end of this year, and they'll be around 40 to $50 million, bringing in over $300 million in annual revenue. And you're telling me we can't afford Bryce Harper. B.S. Like, it, it, it just is. And you may have seen, Benson, what do you do with Tickerson and Marte and Polanco when healthy? It doesn't matter if you have a chance to get Bryce Harper You go out there and you get him. It's not going to happen. I'm not going to go out here and say, yes, the Pirates will sign Bryce Harper. But as of February 23rd, 2019, when none of the big market guys are in him and the Pirates are a team on the cusp, need star power, and can afford it, why don't you do it? Why not? Every single offseason it's like this. We're never the guys getting the big fish on the market, and it's frustrating. I'll tell you what isn't frustrating, though. Pirates Baseball is back today. Make sure you all tune in. Uh, radio at KDK. I don't know if that's 9 or 3, 7 or 10, 20 a.m. It'll be on one of those two stations. Um, and, yeah, line up today. Reyes, Newman, Cabrera, Tidlahan, Moran, Ozuna, Kramer, Chuck, is brought on the mound. We'll also be seeing the likes of uh, Clay Holmes right after Brult, Michael Feliz, Brandon Maurer, Aaron Sluggers, and Jeff Partly. Everybody have a fantastic day. It's Pirates Baseball is back. For more Bucket Booth content, head over to our website at baseballpodcastnet.com. Be sure to give our hosts a follow on Instagram. Myself at Buckstuggett, my partner Jared at pirates.strong and follow the Baseball Podcast Network on all social media platforms as well. Instagram at baseballpodcastnet. Twitter at baseballpodcast1. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-1. YouTube at Baseball Podcast Network, and SoundCloud at Baseball Podcast Network. Also, if you're heading down to spring training, um, you know, going to opening day or whatever, go to stubyard.com, punch in promo code BPN10. That's BPN10, BPN10. Get 10% off all tickets on Stubyard for any event. Also, I have a nice little Josh Bell ring-a-teacher to We'll love it if you get that. All right, that's going to do it for our show today. Thank you all for tuning in. My name is Benson Fechter. Let's get a Pirates dub today. We'll be, what, 7-0 by the time we're back and talking, 6-0? Until then, have a great week, everybody. It is Pirates Game Day. We'll see you next week, same time, same place. Let's go Bucks.